Ian Berger here from the Endure Podcast. On episode number 30, we have Carlene Matthews. Carlene is a multiple-year games athlete and was part of the 2018 CrossFit Games demo team. In this episode, we talk about her journey in fitness, her ability to overcome drug and alcohol addiction and an eating disorder through fitness, and the insight of being part of the demo team of how it gave her a look into the behind the scenes of what the sport of CrossFit is about and the production of the games. We talk about performance enhancing drugs in the sport and what's next for Carla. I'm also going to roll out an indoor podcast exclusive of 50 endurance workouts. So you could select them at any time you want. Pick randomly. They're mostly comprised of running, biking, rowing, and ski erg. And most of them are roughly about 30 minutes or less. So if you're in a bind for time or you want to treat them like accessory work to get some extra conditioning in, it's a great way to do so. Stay tuned for that to come soon. This was a lot of fun, and I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy this one. Welcome to the show, Carly Matthews. Um, super excited to have you and share um, your story with my audience. So yeah, to, thank you. To kick us off, um, how did you get started in fitness? Um, you know, I've been uh, involved in fitness and um, sports my whole life. Uh, my parents um, started me into um, athletics like pretty early on. I started playing soccer and um, softball and I tried a little bit of basketball, kind of um, most, I mean, basic like high school um, sports. I did uh, softball and soccer competitively growing up. So um, through middle school into high school, and um, then I went into college and played softball. So I've been, um, you know, active and uh athletic my whole life like once I got out of um college is where I kind of like started to dabble in more like fitness um I guess like exercising I I mean I guess it's all exercising right but uh like more globo gym type stuff I would run a lot um and I just kind of used some of the stuff that I had learned in you know, high school weightlifting and, um, the little, little, little that we learned in, um, college and just kind of went from there. Uh, so, I mean, I've been doing it, um, my whole life. It's just kind of evolved and changed for me, um, through the years. So what was your first experience with CrossFit? Um, my first experience with CrossFit was, um, I I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I didn't know that I was doing CrossFit. I just thought that I was doing like some sort of boot camp. Um, I, I had met this, uh, this guy that was like, Hey, you know, my friend is, um, doing some small group classes, these CrossFit classes, and, uh, you should go try it out. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I can do this CrossFit thing. Like I had been doing, um, I had been working with a personal trainer at 24 hour fitness 
and um and I've been doing like boot camps there um I had been uh doing a lot of running um and so when he said CrossFit I was like yeah I can cross train like cross train um the elliptical like I'll 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 ride the elliptical you know so I was uh rudely awakened um to what CrossFit actually was um but I uh, went into this gym and um, I was working at a residential treatment center at the time for teens. And so I actually brought them with me um, to experience it. And we did, it was, my first class was more of like boot camp style. We did the, um, it's a hero wad where it's like burpee, broad jumps and bear crawls. Okay. Um, and so we did that. We did like Tabata sit-ups. I think maybe we did like some air squats or something. Um, but it was just very basic. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Um, and I ended up signing up to do just like small group classes with this trainer um, at CrossFit X Factor. And after like the first week, uh. I started to be like, oh, this is really cool. Like, can I come in more? So he's like, yeah, you can come in every day of the week if you want. So I started coming in every day. Um, and I was just doing small group stuff with him. So I never really was like, I was in the, I was in the CrossFit gym, but I wasn't in the class, which, you know, as most people know, like it's way different doing like one-on-one -on -one personal training compared to in a group um, or like in the class. Um, and so I would just see the class going on, but I still didn't really know what I was doing. I still kind of just thought I was like boot camp style. Um, it wasn't until I started in like December of 2010 and it wasn't until 2011 open came around that I really started to be like, oh, this is what this CrossFit thing is. Um, and I was like super inspired by, uh, the open and like what the women were able to do. And so it was kind of like after that, that I was like, oh, okay, this is what it's all about. Like, this is cool. Like I'm involved in something really, really cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my first experience with CrossFit. That's awesome. And in a timeline, um, so you finished playing softball in college, did when was it that you started doing CrossFit in relation to finishing your softball career? Um, it was probably like a year to two years. Okay. After. And uh, in between that, you were just kind of doing your, your thing at like the Globo Gym and running on the elliptical and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I was honestly, um, you know, my, like, my story is that like after softball, I, that's like those two years I was really deep into eating disorder, body image issues, over-exercising, just running on the treadmill, um, you know, like a lot of like punishment to myself for like eating or whatever. And, um, that was, you know, when, for me, when eating disorder got bad, when drinking got bad, when using drugs got bad, um, and I think it was a lot of like not knowing who I was and ha I didn't have any sense of identity anymore 
because I had lost that. I was a softball player and I was athletic and competitive my whole life. And I didn't have anything after that. Yeah, no. And, and that's been a theme of the podcast. And I know that a lot of listeners who have played sports or um, hung their identities on what they do tend to have this like really deep dive into depression or kind of lack of self because they hold all their worth on their accomplishments as an athlete or whatever it is they might claim to. And um, I, I know your story and for listeners, um, I know that you kind of went through a deep dive of drugs, alcohol, eating disorders. And to kind of put that in perspective of after your softball career, it, it definitely makes a lot more sense because yeah. I could, I could definitely identify with that as, as well. Um, I think the story goes that most people have cling to CrossFit or being a CrossFit athlete because it gives them that sense of feeling that they're an athlete again. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, you know, exactly when I, I uh, went to eating disorder, a treatment for eating disorder. And when I left there, um, that was the first thing I got back to was, um, I hired a personal trainer who I had been watching at 24 hour fitness because I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it right on my own anymore. Um, but when I hired him, I hired him because he was an ex football player. He did a lot of athletic stuff. And when I went to him, that's what I said. I said, I want to be an athlete again. And, um, and so that's kind of where it started for me of like realizing, like, I want to get back to being an athlete. Um, this is what I love to do. And this is who, this is part of who I am and not having it was really hard for me. Yeah, no, it, it, it seems to be a trend, like I said. And when you kind of were at your lowest point, what was it that made you realize that I need to change? Um, I think that like just continued um, concern from my family. Um, and, uh, I just got tired of living the way I was living and being miserable and continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again. And so I knew that something had to change, but I didn't know like exactly what, and I didn't know exactly how that was going to look for me, but I, all I did was say like, okay, I'm just, just for right now, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, or I'm going to go into treatment. I don't know what, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know. You know, I just took the next right step and, um, or took what I believe to be the next best step for me. And, uh, and that was kind of, you know, the only thing that I could do, I couldn't really have expectations on myself of, like, I'm never going to drink again. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like you did the, you took the right path for you. Yeah. And I don't think there's any cookie cutter way um, yep. to overcome that type of adversity. Um, now, after you kind of found CrossFit 2011, you experienced the Open. How did you get into competing? And was that something that was natural to you? And kind of a timeline of, I know that, I think 2016 was your first year at the games? 2015. Okay. 
So just yeah. take us through that timeline of your competition career thus far. Yeah, I um, I started doing a lot of like local, small local competitions. Um, there was, I think in, in like, there was like, uh, in Oregon, there's uh, the Oregon winter and summer games. And those are like big Oregon um, competition. Um, so they do winter and summer and summer in the summer, I was potentially going to go. So a lot of my, um, a lot of the people at X factor were going. And so we were talking about like, okay, maybe I go do this competition. And my coach was like, you know what? I just, I don't think you're ready. Um, and he's like, let's wait until the winter. And so I was like, okay, okay. You know, turned out, turns out I wasn't ready because, uh, um, they did handstand pushups in that event and I didn't have a handstand pushup yet. Um, so we waited until the winter. So it must've been like winter of 2012, um, that I went to that and I didn't place like, I didn't place on the podium, but the final event was, uh, like the top seven or something. And in that final event, uh, Cheryl Brost was the big name then. And I ended up like beating her by like one second in that final workout, which didn't place me or anything. But like my judge was looked at me and was like, you just beat Cheryl Brost. Like, holy shit. <laughs> you like, that was really good. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And um, so once I realized like, kind of that I could be good at this. Um, that, and that was the point. That was that point where I realized like, Hey, I think I can like be pretty good at this. Um, and so after that, it was just compete in every, any and every local competition I could. So I did a woof wad with my dog. I did like anything small and local. Anytime I could compete, I was going and doing it. Um, and I think the experience that it gave me of just competing and competing um, really helped me when it came to like regionals. And so 2012, um, I went to regionals. Uh, then 2012 regionals, I was like 18th place. Um, 2013, I was ninth. 2014, 2014, I was fourth. And that was when only when they took three. Yeah. Yep. And then 2015, I was second. 2016, first. 2017, first. 2018, sixth. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It it's funny because I I kind of had the same um, flow of getting into CrossFit. I played soccer as well, and like it was just a natural evolution for me right into CrossFit because it made me feel like an athlete again. Um, yeah. And it just, it also, I don't know about softball, but it, it's in most team sports, there's a lot of bureaucracy and like politics and mm -hmm. there's a coach telling you if you can or can't play. And for me, the thing that I love about CrossFit is like you can do all these local competitions and work really hard in the gym and get all this experience and work your way to the top. There's really no barrier to entry except what you put into it and right. I mean obviously you need to have a baseline of athleticism but for for you it's like you started and, and made your way to one of the top games athletes 
that that exists. So it's really cool to hear that type of story. Now, this year was a little bit different for you. You were on the demo team, um, and that was your first time doing so. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that experience a little bit? I know most people see that, see the demo team, but um, aren't really sure what that entails. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's funny because I finished regionals and was like, okay, cool. Maybe I can be on the demo team this year. Um, that was like my first kind of like thing. I'm like, all right, next best thing, demo team. Uh, so, you know, I, I sent Dave Castro a little DM and told him that I was interested. <laughs> Snuck in the DM. Yeah, I slide in on those DMs and uh, <laughs> said I was interested in um, the demo team. And, and so he said, oh, well, we'll keep that in mind. And um, I got an email like a couple weeks later um, saying, asking if I wanted to come and test some of the workouts um, for him. And so I was like super pumped, like, cool. I don't know if I'm demo team, but this is freaking awesome. Like I get to go test workouts and like I'm considered somebody that's good enough, right. To test the workouts for the games. Like this yeah, is freaking awesome. That's a huge honor. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, heck yes, yeah, sign me up for this. Um, so I go and I, I test workouts for the weekend and Every single day I walked away from testing and was like, oh my gosh, the games are going to be so cool this year. Like part of me was like, man, I wish I was doing them. And then part of me was like, fuck, this experience is so cool to just be able to see like the way his, like, his brain was working. We tested chaos. Um, first day I came in, we tested chaos and I like had chills like I had goosebumps how pumped I was for like that workout of how cool and what like a cool idea that was. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I tested for a weekend and then um, I finally got the email of asking if I wanted to do, be on the demo team. And so, of course, I absolutely. Um, so from there, um you know, we show up on Saturday. Um, I happened to show up at like five on Saturday. And so they had like done all the testing for Saturday. So we get up um, early on Sunday morning and just start like testing workouts. Um, we did the swim. We did um, the, the rope pull workout. Uh, we did, we got to do the bike. Um, so, so like Sunday and Monday were more testing. And then after that, it was like a lot of, um, random little, like random testing here and there. And then a lot of like athlete briefing. So we had to be, um, we had to, you know, walk through for the athletes, what they were going to do. Um, so a lot of people were like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Are you guys like, so sore and you guys have done so much work and I was like man like it's not that we've done a lot of work and like normally like we trained and we worked hard 
but like my normal training day is like, I do more or like more workouts or more strength stuff in a normal day at home. But this was just different. You know, it was being on our feet all day, which is hard. Um, walking around a lot. So we were like collecting like 20,000 steps a day. And, um, and then on top of that, then it'd be like, okay, we want you to test this. Be ready in 15 minutes, three, two, one, go test this workout. Um, and so that was the challenging part of it. Uh, but being, you know, being behind the scenes and seeing like everything that goes that goes on to be able to put the games on. It was so cool. Like so amazing. Just like jaw dropping, like every time, like every night they're there until, you know, 1030 at night and then up the next day at five to be there to like start going. And there's like so many people involved and it's just like such a well run, like well oiled machine that it's super cool to see. Yeah, no, I I was fortunate enough to to be able to compete this year um, on a team and watching watching you guys go through some of these events. It just looked brutal because it's just like, all right, guys, bring your stuff to the field. We're gonna try something out today, and mm -hmm. it like looked horrible. Um, I think, like you said, something one of the coolest parts, and I, I can't imagine it not being an upper hand going into your next season of training is you got an insight into Dave Castro's mind. You know, you, you kind of yeah. see how he operates and got to see what the behind the scenes of the games is like from an operational standpoint. And I would think that would definitely be a huge advantage going into this next season. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that it's a, you know, I can't say that like, oh, now I know the way like Dave Castro thinks, you know, because it's, it's always changing. And I think every year will always be different. And, um, I like just started reading his book and, and it's, you know, he talks about how, like, this is the way I attack this year and the way I'm going, going at this year, but like next year it's going to change and the next year it'll change and I'll have a different, you know, mindset and stuff. And so I think it will always be changing, but I do think that it, there is a piece of it that, there's absolutely an advantage to being able to be, you know, behind the scenes and see like kind of what's possible. You know, it's like no one ever really like thought that like <laughs> no one really envisioned that row, you know, but like being able to see like anything is possible. Like we can do anything. Um, that's kind of like the cool part about it. Yeah, no, I, I thought he did a tremendous job of programming this year. I know a lot of people looked at like something like the marathon run and was like, oh, that's so boring and monotonous. But like getting to talk to some of the individuals that competed, um, they didn't body wise didn't seem to beat up. And uh -uh. so it was it was one of these things where I felt like besides just the physical test of 42,000 meters, getting like that mental aspect of sitting on a rower for that long is something that we really never do. I thought yeah. it was such a cool test of fitness to be able to do so. Um, something that I, I kind of question for you just for my own personal, um, for, for me, is Dave Castro came in and briefed us on the final team workout. 
Um, yeah. And he was just like, most of you guys are not going to finish this workout. <laughs> and it sounded disgusting. But as soon as he said it to me, and, um, and I was actually standing next to Cody Mooney at the time, I was like, none of these athletes, include, probably including yourself, have ever touched a worm before. Mm-hmm. You know, so you guys were at a huge disadvantage to test a workout that I've had two plus years of training on. Like, as good as an athlete as you guys are, a four-person worm is something that you guys don't actually ever get to do. So I could see that a time cap or maybe the work load or maybe the intention or even um, loading of that workout might be different because you don't have experience in the team competition. Oh, yeah. And that was like one thing that, uh, you know, that, that I really like took away from that was, was like, first of all, yeah, um, none of us have touched the worm and it was 6 a.m. when we tested it, a complete shit show. Like I, the, they went, I was on the back, they went over their head and then back over before my side ever went over my head. Yep, welcome you to know, the worm. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. It came down, landed on my head, like cr- made me about three inches shorter. Um, I was almost in tears uh, in the first, you know, first go of the worm, which I'm sure is very normal. Um and so we, we do the workout and we finish it and, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that was so hard, so hard. Like, yeah, that's a good time cap. That's going to be so hard. And I'm like, all right, you guys, I'm ready to go do another workout. Um, I don't know if the guys in front and behind me were like taking the brunt of the work or what, but. I was like, it didn't seem that bad. Like it was more of figuring out how to do the worm. Yeah. And, um, and we were dropping the worm. So like, they were like, all right, we're going to do sets of five. And I'm like, no, just pick up the thing. Like we got to go. Um, so when we finished, I was like, you know, I just think that like teams are going to go unbroken on this. Like they're not going to put the worm down. They've been practicing with this thing every single day they know how to do it they know the communication and that was all it was for us um so you know that that's exactly my thought was and then once especially once we saw it play out we were like oh okay um so this is how it's supposed to be done and yeah we have the worst time in the world like (laughs) yeah i mean we we didn't even like the first team got in under the cap but my team didn't even get in under the cap. Yeah, no, but it's, it's like I said, you know, like it's, it's a cool way to test it, but it's also not a fair test of the workout because you don't have people that have experience on the worm or team. Um, But I think it's also cool for you guys to get that aspect of competition just to see what goes on. The, The only thing that I, I've had an issue with at the games is that those workouts, right? I know that it's hard to bring out athletes that um, haven't made the games and you don't know it till fairly soon, but those workouts should be tested a little bit earlier than week of. Like, for instance, the workout Battlegrounds was changed for the teams a few times, 
just because maybe the testing didn't go the way that it was planned or uh, the implementation of it wasn't initially what he envisioned. But in terms of the way it flowed, I thought it went off really well. And that'd be the only criticism of putting together a demo team so last minute. But what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. Like, I mean, in terms of like individual workouts, majority of those were done, you know, um, they were done and he had tested those with multiple different athletes, you know, a month prior, because that's exactly like that stuff needs like timelines and stuff. They need to be done and finalized before you get there really. And like, there's not a lot of like tweaking that like, there's not a lot of room for tweaking. Um, so then it kind of comes down to like, especially like with battleground, there's a lot of like logistical things of like, okay, well, how's this going to play out? Um, you know, in terms of safety, in terms of, um, judging and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think that that is where some of the testing was done is, um, you know, they had to go through the, the team battleground, like three times because it was like, okay, change this. No. Okay. Let's, logistically this isn't working um let's change this a little bit let's make it do this um so i think that yes i agree that like a lot of it has to be done and nailed down before um but just little like logistical things are really like what would get changed and i think that that's where like people are like, Oh my gosh, you guys have done so much working out. And like, they're like, well, no, not really. Like we, yeah, we did, you know, workouts, but a lot of the stuff was already done and, you know, set before we even got there. Yeah. Now kind of talking about the 2018 season, um, Outside of the games, you saw a lot of people fail performance-enhancing drugs, uh, drug tests. Yeah. Um, is this something that I'm sure you get questioned a lot about, whether it's in the sport or do you know anybody taking it? As a, an elite athlete, most people think like, oh, you have the inside knowledge of what's going on in the sport. Do you think that be in light of all the failed drug tests that – there is a lot more people doing it or is it just kind of CrossFit's getting stricter with their drug testing? Yeah. I mean, I think that in my mind, I think there's a lot of people doing it and CrossFit's now getting stricter and CrossFit's getting smarter. And so they're getting people and people are getting, um, lax about it. Um, so they're getting caught. Um, I think that, as the sport progresses, um, you're going to continue to have, you know, people get popped and you're also going to have people get smarter. And I think that also we're going to see kind of like, you know, Lance Armstrong kind of situations where like, oh, he was using the whole time and finally got popped, you know, um, whereas like, you know, f five years down the road, be like, oh, so-and-so was using the whole time. Um, I'm not saying that like those the elite athletes or everyone is, you know, doing it, but I think that we will see situations like that. Um, I think that it is more common than people think. Uh, but 
it's just, it's sport, you know, it's in, it's everywhere. So I just think that, I think it's great that people are finally getting, um, props for it, but it's going to be, it's going to be there no matter what. Um, and it's just the reality. Yeah, I agree. Um, when, when I was asked about it, it was, it was kind of my feelings on it is I can only control what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. And that's a decision that I know that I'm not going to make. I, I don't want to do performance enhancing drugs and not something that for me is kind of in the question, but I do, I do, I definitely do think it's in the sport, but I rather play like the ignorant card to it where it's like, you know what, I'm going to stay in my lane and do what I can to the best of my abilities. And if that's not good enough, then it's not good enough. Right. Right. Yep, exactly. So I think it was kind of cool to see a bunch of people pop for, not for them, obviously, but right. um, I thought it was cool because it kind of legitimizes that there is some type of testing. Uh, yeah. But I also do think that it could go both ways. People might be like, well, you only exposed a few people. You know, I think it's a little dangerous that CrossFit is the gatekeeper to those results. Um, yeah that it's not like an outside agency, which I've discussed before, but I think they did a tremendous job of making sure that those people were ousted and, um, yeah, had a really firm stance on not competing. Yeah, I agree. Which, I agree. And I hope it just gets stricter and stricter in the future, but I, I do agree with you as well that I think that there are definitely like people in the sport that are five years down the line, you're going to be like, oh my God, he was doing it the whole time. Um, and it won't even be a shock because, right. or you'll see like 90% of the field is doing it and you're like, oh, he was just that much better at while doing it or yeah. she was that much better while doing it. So I think it's an interesting time because it's starting to grow where it needs that attention. Um, but I definitely like you. I, I think it is in the sport to what degree I, I don't really know, but um, it'll be interesting in the future to see how many people get exposed or if we get light of how many people are actually doing it. Yeah. Which we'll see. Um, so you, you pulled out of the games in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, so backtracking a little bit. What was the reason for that? Because I know you came in off of winning that regional um, and you were definitely one of the favorites. Yeah, um, so showed up at the games um, the Tuesday before we had to check in, so like a week early, and uh, it was like a Tuesday night. I got in really late. Um, Wednesday morning, I like woke up to, uh, to train. They had lost my luggage. I had waited. I was like, man, like my, my back is not like my upper back, like in between my shoulder blade, I'm like, man, I got a knot back there. Like so weird. Um, like maybe I can find someone to work on me. And, uh, so it was just business as normal. We trained on, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, took some active recovery. We did like a obstacle course, um, practice. And I had someone work on me that Thursday. And then Friday morning woke up, Nothing was be – it wasn't better. Still had the knot. I was like, man, I think it's kind of like stemming from – it's coming from my neck. 
And so I was still training. I was there all by myself. Like I had friends there with me, but um, like my coach and my husband weren't there yet. And so, you know, I was starting to kind of stress out, um, get a little bit, like a little bit anxious about like the games coming and stuff. And uh, so that Friday I was training with some friends and I started snatching and my, uh, my snatch felt really weird like in the lockout and I was like, man, something's, something doesn't feel right. Like I was kind of like my elbow was like buckling when I would go to lock it out with like a light weight. Um, and, and I told my, the friend I was there with, I was like, I don't know, this just, something's not feeling right. And she's like, you're just, you just need to rest. Like you just need to rest. Like you'll be fine. I'm like, no. So then I started freaking out. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not ready for the games. Like I can't even snatch 95 pounds, like something like what the heck is going on? Um, so I, I was, I was like, no, I, I need to just push through this. Um, so I did like, uh, they were masters athletes. So I was, did like with them, like one of the masters workouts, it was like up and over the like burpees and up and over the the box or something and running and I started burping and I noticed that my left side was like kind of delayed and I was kind of like worming like my right side would push out but my left side was like lagging behind and so I like noticed it but I was still just like I don't know what's going on like just weird and um and so, I don't know, Saturday came and then we ended up like checking in on Sunday or something. And finally, like my husband and my coach got there and I was still kind of freaking out. Like, man, it's like something's not right. And, uh, you know, my husband's like, you just need to like, I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, I'm like crying, like anxious. Um, and, and, you know, everyone's like, Carlene, like, you just need it. You can get through it. Just a little bit like everyone thought I was just kind of like in pain, but I wasn't in pain. I just knew something wasn't right with my body. Um, and so I, uh, finally, um, had some like work done from a Rossi and they were like, basically like, well, we think that, you know, we think that it's like something with your neck. Um, but we don't really know. And he was like, if it doesn't get better in the next two days, we're going to have to get you checked out by, uh, the, like, by the doctor, the actual doctors, and to determine if you can go on or not. And so I was like, okay, good, fine. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I, I was like, I'm not letting somebody else determine if I get to compete or not. So I was like, okay, I'm fine. Um, so... So I did the first day and, uh, and I was still a little worried, um, just because I didn't really know like what my body, I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. Um, and the Amanda 45 came up and I was like, okay, cool. Like see if I can do a muscle up. Um, I knew I could kind of, I could snatch that weight, but I was like, all right, let's try muscle up. Um, went up to do a muscle up, did some just like swings off the rings, 
it was like, okay, I feel good. I can do this. I got this. I got up, I got into the, did the transition of the muscle up and went to dip out and I couldn't get up. And I like, I clearly like made a noise or something because like everyone kind of like looked over in the warm up area and they're like, are you okay? And I like came down off the rings was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, but I could not physically dip out. Um, so, uh, we tried a couple things. Um, I talked to my coach, talked to another, um, like a chiropractic doctor. Um, and they're just like, all right, well, you know, you can go out and try it and see what happens. And hopefully maybe like adrenaline, um, will help it. And so I went out, um, tried for like five minutes to do a muscle up, couldn't get a muscle up. Um, and at that point there was a minimum work requirement of like 13 muscle or like 21 muscle ups and I couldn't do one. And so Boz made me like come off the floor. And so at that point I had, I, I really like, I DNF the workout, which technically, you know, I guess I didn't pull out, but I pulled myself out. <laughs> it sounds better. Um, so got back home, um, come to find out, uh, I had a bulge in C6, C7, which was pinching the nerve and shut off my tricep on my left side. Ooh. Um, so it was also like when my arm was in a certain position, it like shut off everything. So like I, w I didn't have a pulse on that side of the arm when my arm was in a certain position. Oof. Um, and so it all kind of like made sense from there. Like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is what was going on. No wonder. Um, yeah, of course I felt unsafe un you know, like didn't know what my body was going to do. Um, but I had no pain. I had no pain. And so that was the hard part about it was that I just didn't have function. Um, and so that was, you know, uh, what happened. I, I believe that it was due to, I did deficit kipping handstand pushups the day before I left. And I think that that was it. I never at any point noticed anything out of the ordinary, but that's the only thing that I can think of that it was. Um, so. yeah, I mean, it's also one of those things that like, you train at such a high level throughout the year that it could have just been something that was like kind of pre-existing or like the deficit handstand push-ups could have been like the straw that broke the camera's back, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's crazy. And you were able to, able to compete in 2018 after that type of injury is even more crazy. Um, was it hard to find that confidence in your ability again or find a normalcy in training, especially after um, such a devastating injury? Yeah, it was definitely, like, definitely hard to find, like, get, like, that intensity back into the training and find, like, the normalcy um, because I had to stay away from, like, upper body stuff. All Like, could not do anything that caused, like, any sort of shrugging movement or any like, so just nothing upper body. 
um, I hammered my legs a lot, but it's just really hard to like, when you have an injury, it's hard to have intensity. Um, and so that was like, you know, and I guess for me being away from intensity for so long, it was hard to get back into, okay, you have to suffer now. Like, okay, you got to get back to being okay with suffering. Um, cause I just kind of like, I was running and just kind of doing some light, you know, like everything was kind of like walking pace and I was exercising and I was sweating and, you know, I was still training, but there was, it, I wasn't ever bringing intensity. Um, and so getting back into that was challenging. It was also really hard to get back to like Olympic lifting for me because that's a, that's always been a weakness. And so coming back to it, I tried to like use my numbers that I had previously been at. And that wasn't, that wasn't reality. You know, like those numbers were gone. And, um, I had to, you know, basically start, start over fresh. Cause I had had, you know, three to three to four months of no Olympic lifting. Um, and for me, that's a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, Definitely. And then there's, you know, movements like handstand pushups and, um, like the, the obstacle course, uh, was really challenging for me because, um, went just from like demo team testing it, uh, because that was one of the things that I got to do the, the practice run last year. And that was when like, I didn't know what my body was doing. And, um, and so I got up to like the top of the cargo net and was like, I don't know if my arm's going to hang on or not. Um, and so I, there was still a lot of nerves. Um, every single time I went over that cargo net, like just flashback of like the previous year, um, doing it with like no clue what my body was going to do. Um, yeah, I think that's the most terrifying part. I had shoulder surgery in 17 and, um, this year was like, I really had no idea what I was capable of or what my limits were, um, or like what would affect it or what wouldn't affect it. Cause certain things would feel great. And then all of a sudden it wouldn't, um, yeah, so I could totally relate to that because yeah. it's one of those things where not only is it physical, right? Cause like when it just decides to like, Hey, you're not doing this right now. Yeah. Um, it's also psychological cause it's, I don't really trust that I could just go because I don't know if my body will respond like it used to. Right. Exactly. Which is a little terrifying because at times you're like, I, I know what I was capable of, but can I do that? And sometimes yeah. you either go based on what you think you can do or you kind of shy away from it a little bit. Yeah, and that's, I feel like what I've found, like, is that I do tend to back away a little bit um, because I, I don't, I, like, really don't have that 100% confidence in, you know, like, my ability on some things. And so I'll tend to go a little bit on, like, the lower end of things and um, shy away from things a little bit more than what how I previously was. Yeah, no, I, I, um, one of the most em embarrassing times of this year's games for me was I, I really enjoy handstand walking, but after surgery, it's like, 
I never know when my shoulder is going to be stable or not, mm-hmm. you know. And after a really long swim, it we had the handstand obstacle, the the stairs, and normally on a given day I could easily get up and over, and it just wasn't happening that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter how much I tried, no matter how much I kind of wanted it to happen, it just wasn't responding. And in past, it'd be like not even think twice about it, but I didn't even think that that'd be an issue. And then it was, you know, so like you said, not kind of erring on the side of caution is never been like the way I like to compete from the sounds of it kind of is the way that you compete too. It's just like, you're all in and just go. Um, But when you're coming back from an injury, it definitely is something that plays in your psyche. Yeah, for sure. So going into the 2019 season, what's next for you? Um, right now I am, I'm going to do granite games. Um, and then I'm going to do some, some other like outside of season, uh, competitions and then just kind of see where that lands me and, uh, I'll participate in the open and, um, I want to do the master's qualifier and oh, you're, you're a master's this coming year. Yes. Oh, wow. And so if I go back to the games next year it will be as a masters that's incredible my my yeah. girlfriend amy Jacob got to compete in the masters a year ago and she qualified this past year and the level of athlete there is incredible i know you have people yeah. like josh bridges and uh, a few other athletes who are like never masters but they're definitely <laughs> they are definitely badass yeah yeah it's just, I, and I just, I feel it more like I, I can tell that, you know, I'm not, I'm not 27 anymore, you know, and I'm not like, I don't recover the way I used to. I just like, I do, like I require more warm up, Um, and you know, I'm not excelling like I was then. And people are, you know, you have 21 year olds who are just like everyone's just so much stronger and like getting so much fitter. And I'm like, can see myself just kind of like plateauing and like improvement is slower, way slower. So, um, so I just see that, you know, and, but to that note, obviously, yeah, you, you are getting older, but like I'm 27 and I've been doing this now. I'm coming up on my 10th year of competing and I'm I'm at the same boat as you. Like yeah. I don't have I don't I can't remember the last time I PR'd. Yeah. Um I know that I can't go as fast or as hard as I used to go because that little bottle of intensity that once existed, if I hit that in training, I'm gonna be messed up for a week. Yeah. Um it's a lot of monostructural work and fine tuning Olympic lifting and like bodybuilding type work that is just sustaining for when I do have to go and give that effort that I'm able to. And um, I think that has to do with more training age, in my opinion, than necessarily age because you're you're seeing it and it's a little bit of a changing of the guard. I think that like the golden years of, of training or in CrossFit is like that three to five year window, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you hit three years or five years in, you're like, oh man, things feel good. I'm peaking. I have the skills. I have the body awareness to to compete. Like, 
and then after that it's like the Ben Smiths of the world um, yeah you're not you're not gonna win anymore you're not progressing at that steady rate that you once were or seeing those incremental gains that once existed um, so now it's like just sustain and be able to compete at the level that you once had um, mm -hmm. so that's just my theory on training age and and in regards to masters I think the only thing that's different for the masters in terms of fitness is just recovery like you said in yep. terms of like just one workout head to head I would say 95% of those people that are at the games as masters could give any individual a run for their money on one workout. Yeah. So it's just 10 workouts, 20 workouts. That might look a little different. Yep, exactly. Um, now, now that you're home, you're going to be competing a little bit more. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis that it's a routine or a must-have or non-negotiable? Um, my breakfast. <laughs> Uh, I have the same breakfast every day. Um, that's like routine for me. Um, what, I coat, what is it? Uh, eggs, oatmeal, berries, and honey. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Love me some oatmeal. Yeah. And I have it actually twice. So I have it for breakfast and lunch cause I love it that much. I, um, I think I could eat breakfast for every meal of the day. Agreed. Me too. So, uh, so yeah, my breakfast is like a staple for me. Um, I coach four classes a day um, at CrossFit St. Helens. Um, so that's like a daily routine for me. Um, other than that, you know, uh, it's usually just like train in the morning, um, coach, train again in the afternoon. It's kind of my life, I guess. Yeah, but that's the life of most athletes, you know. It's exactly. Like if yep. you want to compete at this level or you want to be good at this sport, you have to put in that time because Absolutely. everyone else is. Yep. So 2018, part of the demo team, which we got a lot of insight into, so thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. What are you going to take back into this year's training that maybe you didn't do last year after your experiences this year? Um. A little bit of, not a little bit, I guess, a lot more uh, fun, a lot more relaxed, relaxed uh, training, um, a lot less pressure. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I'm not really, I don't have my like sights set on 2019 games. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, um, that's that's not it's not going to be my life, right? And that's not everything for me. Uh, I just kind of, you know, been training and trying to get to the games since 2013. Like 2013, I said like I want to go to the games, and I've been training for the games since then. And I haven't had downtime. I haven't had a break. Um, and so I'm, I'm ready for a break for, um, you know, to train when I feel like it and to have fun. And if I don't feel like it, then I don't have to do it. Um, and 
you know, almost getting into that, like a lot of, you know, athletes are, that retire are talking about like one class a day, like being okay with that. If I just do one workout a day, like that's okay. Um, and so I think that just be allowing myself to have a little bit of a break and um, be a little bit more focused on, uh, you know, my gym and being able to give back to the community out here while still, you know, having some ba- like having more balance, I guess would, I would say like more balance in my life. Um, I think it's okay that I haven't had balance because that's, that's what I wanted, but I'm ready to have balance now. Yeah, no. And, and I, I could totally relate to that on so many different levels. Um, if you were to tell somebody who is looking to compete or make it to the CrossFit games, what would, your biggest piece of advice to that person be? Um, ease into it and uh, have patience. Um, and then just consistency. You know, like it, it's not going to be a 30-day program. Um, you have to be consistent and um, – it's going to take a while, but being okay with the fact that it may take a while, um, expecting, you know, and jumping, I have a lot of times people are like, Oh, I want to train with you. And they come and, you know, train for one workout, one workout, and then they're done. And it's like, well, this is not, this is not it. (laughs) We've got, we've got another three hours. (laughs) And then it's like, and they stick around for, you know, a week or two. But then after that, like, this just can't do it. But that's, I think, the biggest thing is that people try and jump right into, well, this is how, this is how Carlene trains or this is how Rich trains or whatever. This is how much volume I need to do. And my volume is high, but it's been a learned and a trained process. Like, it got there through, you know, six years of training. It didn't just come on day one. Or year one. Yeah. And I think people want the magic pill or are looking for the easiest way to get the success that you've had or think that think that getting to the games is ultimately going to change their life in a way that is immeasurable, right? Whether it's financial or social media or whatever it may be. Um, And it doesn't, you know, and I think the reason maybe I know that I do it or and I'm, from the sounds of it, the reason you do it is just because it's a challenge that is the ultimate test. And yeah. and I love it. You know, I love training like an athlete. I love feeling like an athlete. I I thrive in the comp in a competition setting. And even if there was no people watching, I'd still be smashing myself into oblivion in the gym because I just enjoy that. What right. it's gonna look like over time, like you said, or what it has looked like over time is definitely balance um and i think that just comes with experience but like you said kind of easing your way into it if i could go back to my 18 or 19 year old self when i first started and say say one thing is like hey slow down and do things the right way and be a student of it and master these things versus try to get there right off the bat yep so 
that's pretty much all I had for you. Thank you so much for joining us. It yeah, was absolutely. so much fun. Thanks for having me.